It's time for Shattered Soulstone. Featuring the latest news from Sanctuary and beyond. Each episode, a heroic party of Nephilim band together to help keep you informed on everything in the Diablo universe. And now, your Diablo Community Podcast. Coming to you from somewhere in Sanctuary, this is episode 424 of Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. This episode is called Hot Takes and Cool Pops. It is August 25th, 2023, and this is Jen. I'm going to start off by saying, yes, we did skip an episode last week because both Sean and I were sick. We're better now, so the show can go on. I'm going to start you off with a variety of things all related to uh, gaming and most mostly Diablo stuff, right? So Kotaku wrote on the 15th, and you may not know this, but um, Xbox says eight strikes and you're out to toxic gamers. A new feature will help players keep better track of enforcements against their accounts. So this is written by Alyssa Mercanti, again on August 15. Microsoft has announced a new Xbox feature in the seemingly endless battle to get gamers to stop acting like raging assholes and enforcement strike system. The company detailed how the new feature will work and what it means for gamers in an August 15 blog post announcing the new system, which launched on the same day. Enforcements, in quotes, is the existing Xbox term for actions taken against accounts that violate community standards and the new system will help players keep better track of these enforcements including what they were for and how they'll impact their records this revised system gives players a better understanding of enforcement severity and the cumulative effect of multiple enforcements the post read enforcements now include strikes based on quote the severity of the player's actions end quote and Microsoft likens it to getting strikes on your driver's license which in countries like the US can eventually result in the suspension of your license quote for example a player that has received two strikes will be suspended from the platform for one day whereas a player that has received four strikes will be suspended for seven days the post detailed players have a limit of eight strikes once they reach that number they'll be kicked off xbox's social features including messaging party chat and multiplayer quote for one year from the enforcement date strikes remain on players records for six months and i can't help but wonder this writer says if microsoft will eventually introduce its own version of a defensive driving course to help players knock a few strikes off their accounts microsoft uh has some other articles here this one's written by the verge by uh, William Joel, and this was on August 21st, Microsoft to sell off Activision Cloud gaming rights to Ubisoft in a bid for UK approval. This is the aftermath of, you know, what's been going on with the court cases and stuff like that, I guess. Um, So here's some of the article. Microsoft is restructuring its proposed Activision Blizzard deal to transfer cloud gaming rights for current and new Activision Blizzard games to Ubisoft. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, The transfer of rights is designed to appease regulators in the UK that are concerned about the impact Microsoft's proposed $68.7 billion deal will have on cloud gaming competition. The restructured deal has triggered a new regulatory investigation in the UK that could last until October 18th. Quote, 
to address the concerns about the impact of the proposed acquisition on cloud game streaming raised by the UK Competition and Markets Authority, we are restructuring the transaction to acquire a narrower set of rights, says Microsoft President Brad Smith. This includes executing an agreement effective at the closing of our merger that transfers the cloud streaming rights for all current and new Activision Blizzard PC and console games released over the next 15 years to Ubisoft Entertainment SA, a leading global game publisher, the rights will be in perpetuity. End quote. This restructured deal means that if Microsoft does not close its proposed acquisition, then it will not be able to release Activision Blizzard games exclusively on Xbox Cloud Gaming. Microsoft won't be able to exclusively control the licensing terms of Activision Blizzard games on rival services either. Instead, Ubisoft will control the streaming rights to Activision Blizzard games outside of the EU and license titles back to Microsoft to be included in Xbox game, Cloud Gaming. Quote, Ubisoft will compensate Microsoft for the cloud streaming rights to Activision Blizzard's games through a one-off payment and through a market-based wholesale pricing mechanism, including an option that supports pricing based on usage, explained Smith. Quote, it will also give Ubisoft the opportunity to offer Activision Blizzard's games to cloud gaming services running on non-Windows operating systems. Now that is a thing, because I use a Mac. When I hear non-Windows operating systems, part of me wants to believe in my heart of hearts that there will be more games I'd be able to play just by using my computer, but I really don't think that's what they're saying, you know? I don't think that's what it means. It sounds good, it sounds hopeful, but I don't really think they're going to change much in that action because they'd have to get whatever game they're trying to put on, say, a Mac uh, through Apple and I don't know. I don't know. Then we have a press release, a corporate news press release from Activision Blizzard on the 21st of August titled The Next Step in the UK for the Microsoft Deal. The blurb says Activision Blizzard welcomes Microsoft's decision to submit a new application to the CMA, which is the UK's board. Uh, CEO Bobby Kotick, Kotick, Kotick writes, and there's pictures here of all kinds of games from the company. Okay, so this was an email that was sent to employees by Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotek. Team, I want to share an update on our merger with Microsoft. To address the UK's the UK CMA's concerns regarding cloud streaming, Microsoft announced it filed a new merger application within the UK that includes a divesture for cloud streaming rights at closing with respect to current and new PC and console games. We welcome Microsoft's decision to enter into this agreement and submit a new application to the CMA, which Microsoft believes will address the CMA's concerns. For us, nothing substantially changes with the addition of this divestiture. Our merger agreement with Microsoft closing deadline and the cash consideration to be paid for each Activision Blizzard share at closing remain the same. We will continue to work closely with Microsoft and the CMA throughout the remaining review process, and we are committed to help Microsoft clear any final hurdles as quickly as possible. On that note, our integration management team is hard at work to ensure we are prepared for a smooth close. It's a major cross-functional collaborative effort and I am thankful for all the work that's being done. This has been a longer journey than expected and I am very proud of how focused everyone has remained on delivering great games. Thank you for your continued dedication and commitment to our players. More to come, Bobby. Then we have the UK.gov uh, 
and it's the Competition and Markets Authority, published on August 22nd of 2023. The press release is titled, Microsoft Submits a New Deal for its Review After CMA Confirms Original Deal is Blocked. From what I've been reading about this, and I don't think it's in here specifically, but the UK, you get one shot at this. And if it doesn't work, you can apply to try again. And that's apparently what is happening here. I'll just read you some little bullet points from this one. CMA finalizes decision to block original merger after rejecting submissions by Microsoft to revisit its original decision. Microsoft submits new restructured deal for review, triggering a fresh phase one investigation by CMA. Under the new deal, Microsoft will not acquire the cloud streaming rights to all current and future Activision games released during the next 15 years, excluding in the EEA. So there's some of that in here. I'm going to skip ahead a bit because we kind of know a bit about what's going on. And a lot of this is sort of legalese kind of stuff. But we do have some information from Sarah Cardell, chief executive of the CMA, who said the CMA has today confirmed that Microsoft's acquisition of Activision as originally proposed cannot proceed. Separately, Microsoft has notified a new and restructured deal, which is substantially different from what was put on the table previously. As part of this new deal, Activision's cloud streaming rights outside of the EEA will be sold to a rival, Ubisoft, who will be able to license out Activision's content to any cloud gaming provider. This will allow gamers to access Activision's games in different ways, including through cloud-based multi-game subscription services. We will now consider this deal under a new Phase 1 investigation and continues with, This is not a green light. We will carefully and objectively assess the details of the restructured deal and its impact on competition, including a light of third-party comments. Our goal has not changed. Any future decision on this new deal will ensure that the growing cloud gaming market continues to benefit from open and effective competition driving innovation and choice. So there's that. And then we have from back to the verge again, the EU might need to reassess Microsoft's Activision Blizzard deal after restructuring. This is written by Alex Castro. Not really sure what happened here, but I'll go into a little bit of it. We know that it's a big change, uh, you know, 68, $7.7 billion deal, yada, yada. We know that stuff. The commission spokesperson... The European Commission, this is not the UK, this is the European Commission, um, wrote this. The Commission is carefully assessing whether the, de the developments in the UK require another notification to the Commission, says European Commission spokesperson person Ariana Podesta in a statement to The Verge. Another notification to the EU could signal a further review of a deal that regulators at the European Commission cleared earlier this year. While the EU had cloud gaming concerns just like the EU... Uh, what? That's... <laughs> gotta be a typo. It secured remedies as part of that approval, granting EU consumers a free license to stream via, quote, any cloud gaming systems, uh, streaming services of their choice, end quote, all current and further Activision Blizzard PC and console games that they have a license for. Cloud providers will also be offered a free license to stream these games in EU markets. And there's a post here on X from Brad Smith, and uh, he is the Microsoft president. He posted, The European Commission has required Microsoft to license popular Activision Blizzard games automatically to competing cloud gaming services. This will apply globally and will empower millions of consumers worldwide to play these games on any device they choose. And it's unclear exactly what's going to shake out from that. And now we're going to get into like the think pieces part of this, which I just thought was interesting. 
So Window Central has an article written by Jennifer Young. That's not me, by the way. Um, (laughs) Titled, Diablo 4 having its first season so soon after launch was a mistake. And there is a very bright red close-up of Prava, like staring out at the viewer. It's like a really close crop of that, you know? So uh, Jennifer Young wrote this eight days ago. I've been avoiding writing this for over two weeks now, but I just need to stand up and admit it. I'm a Diablo 4 addict and I love the franchise with every fiber of my being, but I'm burnt out with the game right now. And I think I know why. Most of my hesitancy has been due to the original discourse around the implementation of season mode, which I was vehemently in favor of. And don't get me wrong, I still am. Having a seasonal reset is integral to keeping an ARPG like Diablo 4 fresh and exciting and something we longer-term fans enjoy and look forward to. So why aren't I playing right now? What has changed since the game's launch that has made me lose interest and motivation? And more importantly, what can be done to fix it? And now we have a close-up of half of Lilith's face. And above that it says, Season 1, too much too soon? Question mark. Diablo 4 was released on June 6 to resoundingly positive reviews and incredible sales figures, becoming the fastest selling game ever for Blizzard. The base game and campaign are the best Diablo game I have ever played, with a story that has gut-wrenching twists and turns and no clear path to good or evil. I stand by my opinion that this is the best Diablo game we have ever had at launch, which is italicized. With all that in mind, I feel like Blizzard could have ridden the glory train a bit longer. They admitted in a campfire chat a few weeks later when discussing the implementation of season mode that many players were still not done with the main campaign. Hi, that's me. I'm not done with it. Um, So why exactly the rush to get to season one out the door by July? While many pro streamers had already hit level 100 and taken down Uber Lilith, most casual players like myself, the writer says, were still working our way up to that level. And personally, as soon as I knew the date that season one was going to begin at level 76 i stopped playing i figured when season one started due to the re-roll i would just hit my level 100 goal in that season but when the xp buffs through the battle pass and the new season of the malignant mechanics would be more fun right well after a few days of playing it just i just wasn't feeling it they call it a rushed and underwhelming start when season of the malignant was revealed i wasn't surprised that it didn't offer much in the way of drastic changes to the game and it didn't need to if blizzard delivers new and engaging content with each season they don't need to come out with a bang on season one and create a problem where they are constantly trying to outdo themselves. It just needed to be a smooth introduction to how a season worked with a small new activity to participate in. And it was, but the power offered by the malignant hearts you can collect in the game wasn't aspirational enough for me. I ignored the new season mechanic almost entirely as using the hearts didn't exactly make me feel like the power fantasy I'm looking for in a game like this, probably not helped by the across the board nerfs that were made to certain damage types in the controversial patch 1.1 it goes on from here and and everything will be on the in the show notes at shatteredsoulstone.com all of these articles and things like that then we have hollywood reporter from august 15th how blizzard's star-studded marketing storm drove diablo 4 to a sales record written by ashley collins Diablo General Manager Rod Ferguson and VP of Global Marketing Caleb Rule, R-U-E-L, talk adapting to digital releases, tapping into culture, and the viral moment that was unfortunate 
lightning in a bottle. In the first month, and I'm skipping through this a bit, more than 10 million people spent more than 700 million hours playing Diablo 4, the latest installment in the franchise of hellish action role-playing games. And it set a record for Blizzard, selling more units than any other title at that stage of the release. Blizzard also had a record quarter with more than $1 billion in net bookings, according to its July 19 earnings report, in which the company says it was driven by the successful Diablo 4 launch. Quote, Diablo 4 is the strongest story we've ever done in the franchise, says Diablo General Manager Rod Ferguson. Quote, we know for new players, story is very important. We're really proud of it. Don't be scared of the 4. To be quip- to be quippy, if you've played Diablo before, we want this to be your favorite, and if you haven't, we want it to be your first. They attribute must- much of the success to the title's marketing campaign, which was provocative, creative, and sometimes a little gross. In addition to a trailer directed by none other than Oscar winner Chloe Zhao, there was also a series of eulogies read by Megan Fox, a Diablo dungeon crawl episode with Chloe Grace Mortez, and remix of Hazley's Halsey's Lilith with Suga from BTS, complete with a music video shot in a deconsecrated cathedral featuring a Baroque-style fresco inspired by the game, a partnership with KFC, a tattoo parlor takeover, a pop-up gourmet, G-O-R-E-M-E-T, chocolate shop in London, which I've seen, and yep, that's the right word for it, and a limited edition demon meat shake, which a PC gamer described as thick gummies immersed in sugary viscous fluid. Blizzard's VP of Global Marketing for Diablo, Caleb Rule, says they leaned into the, quote, dark culture renaissance, end quote, and looked for things Diablo was uniquely positioned to pull off, but that also wouldn't alienate people who were new to the game. There was also an unintended viral moment courtesy of Mother Nature and climate change. At the time the game was released on June 6, a devastating series of Canadian wildfires was sending smoke to large swaths of the U.S. and creating nearly unbreathable air. A photo that captured an orange hazy sky above a Diablo 4 billboard reading, Welcome to Hell, New York, quickly made the rounds on social media and in the news. And it goes on from here. There's definitely more to uh, to this story. There's an interview here with both of the uh, developers, uh, Rule and Ferguson, if you want to hear more about that. But I just thought it was interesting. Like, they did all those crazy things and it worked. You know, like the KFC thing. Okay, sure. You know, but a lot of that other stuff, the meat shake, like why, why would you need, you know, I mean, it's just bizarre. And I think the Hollywood Reporter kind of you know, went through that really quickly and very well. Then we have a Forbes article by uh, Eric Kane, E-R-I-K-K-A-I-N, and it's titled, Blizzard has completely destroyed my enthusiasm for Diablo 4. So things swing back and forth in terms of emotions with this game. This is also got a uh, sort of like a background with Lilith staring out at you, looking as well Lilith does. Um, So here's what he wrote. Diablo 4 is a failure, or at least it has failed to impress this critic. I have played several different characters in Diablo 3, beating the game multiple times, playing its expansions, etc. But with Diablo 4, I barely feel like playing at all. I gotta wonder, and I cannot prove this, if he started playing when that really nerfed patch came out and no one was having fun. You know, I wonder, but I don't know for sure. Maybe he'll say so. The first draw for me was the always online nature of the game. Okay, here we go. There's a lot of people that do not want to play their video games online. They don't. They want to play it on their home computer, whatever that may be. And that's it. That's all they want to do. Um, But a lot of games, you know, in the modern world actually do have to be online. That's how they do updates. That's how you can meet your friends, etc. I'll talk a little bit more about that later. 
Okay, so which meant that even playing single player, you could be limited by internet issues, your own, and if anything should go amiss with Blizzard servers. Don't get me wrong, I'm a big multiplayer gamer, but I believe firmly in the option to play a game like Diablo offline, unfettered by server outages. I should have no rubber banding when playing an action RPG solo. Then there's the live service nature of the game. It's designed to have seasonal releases in order to sell us yet another battle pass. We're also required to start new characters to enjoy seasonal content which might work for hardcore fans, but for someone relatively casual, it just makes me not want to play. The last straw or one of them is the game's cosmetic shop. Here we go. Everybody's mad about having to buy cosmetics, I guess, which you don't have to do. You really don't have to do. Uh, which sells all the best-looking cosmetics in the game. I'm going to contest that. I've seen a lot of articles and people talking online about the comparisons between the shop cosmetics and the stuff you can just get in the game as you go, you know? I, I don't think this person's right about that. So that's, I'm gonna kind of stop there. He goes into some other stuff and compares it to Elden Ring had a cash shop where only the best looking, coolest armor sets were for sale, but I don't think that's true in Diablo 4. I do think you can get some cool looking builds just by picking stuff up when you complete tasks, I guess, or you know, parts of the storyline or stuff like that. So I don't think he's right about it, um, but I figured I'd include it because there's going to be some people out there being crabby about these kinds of games because it's not what they want. All right, we're going to move into Diablo 3, which is in the PTR right now or started yesterday. It's PTR uh, 2.7.6. It is now live. Did I go into the public test realm? No, I tend to get confused in there and just I'll wait till it's live. So there's some updates here from Blizzard on August 23rd PTR update. Gameplay updates include class balance. Cluck Eye now only drops four witch doctors, which makes sense because that's the class it's supposed to use. Uh, as a result, Cluck Eye no longer spawns with the max discipline secondary attribute, and Cluck Eye has been updated in Jank Memes Follower Items Bag. Uh, for those that don't know, uh, Jank Memes is a very large Khazra, huge, huge, huge Khazra, and you can go there and you can, um, whatever class you're playing, you can go get a bag of, of armor from him, and maybe uh, some uh, weapons as well, and then you can go try things out in the PTR and see what you think of it. That's kind of how it works. I don't do that very often, but that's basically how that goes. Also, Oryx Dream, Toxic Lurker, Monster Set 8, and Dark Berserker, Monster Set 1, have been removed. Summoner Charger, Monster Set X, and Lacuni Slasher, Monster Set X, have been added in their place. Okay, you swapped it out with something maybe better. Bug fixes, diabolical fissures, diabolical fissures now denote on screen and in the chat box once spawned. Diabolical fissures can no longer spawn in Greed's realm. That's probably a good choice to not have them spawn there. You know, you want to pick up gold. You don't want to fight something at the same time. The placeholder text for the chest at the end of a diabolical fissure has been replaced with a message. And then there's a stability thing. Fixed a crash that could occur when players opened achievements. Wow, that's pretty bad. <laughs> that is pretty bad. Here's a little more about the patch. Uh, we welcome you to the Diablo 3 patch 2.7.6 PTR from August 16 to August 29. We'll need your help in testing the new solo self-found mode. Visions of Enmity seasonal theme, Paragon ceiling feature, class balance updates, and more. I'm kind of interested in why they're officially calling it a solo self-found mode because I mostly played solo for a very long time in seasons and stuff like that. So, uh, I don't know. Let's see what else they have to say. Uh, there's some testing tips for the PTR. Here's the part about the solo self-found. And it literally says solo seasonal at the top of this uh, screenshot of a demon hunter. 
uh, who's going into the season, I suppose. And this is what they wrote. Demon slayers seeking to up the intensity of their journey through Sanctuary can try out the new solo self-found mode. In this mode, you'll have only yourself to rely on to overcome the hordes from hell. That's right. It's a single-player experience. If you'd like to up the ante even more, a hardcore version of this mode is available. We decided to bring a solo self-found to Diablo 3 after years of players requesting an officially supported single-player single mode. Without the experience bonus from being in a party or other players to protect your back as you carve through demonic legions, this mode will temper you. To celebrate the accomplishments of these brave enough to, to roll a character in this mode, we have also created specific leaderboards for Solo Self Found. These leaderboards function like those for other modes. To create a character in Solo Self Found, select the Solo Hero option in the character creation screen. You'll still be able to play the campaign and adventure modes just as you would in other modes, but only the private game option will be available to you. Challenge rifts can be completed with the party while the mode is seasonal. Solo self-found is a solitary journey, so you will be unable to start this mode while in a party or across multiplayer aspects of Diablo 3, such as trading. Rebirthing is also available for solo self-found. The Season 29 Visions of Enmity theme and other components of Patch 2.7.6 were designed with solo self-found in mind. We urge you to test it out and give us feedback about your experience. Now, I think this is kind of cool because, like I said... I mostly play solo self-found in Diablo 3. I've been doing that for years. There was a point in time where Leviathan, he actually did set up a couple of times a solo self-found thing. And I participated in the first one. I can't remember what character class I was using at the time. But the idea was you kind of like post some screenshots of here, I've gotten this far, that kind of thing. And there was... Um, there's like a leaderboard that that he created in like I don't know, maybe like a Google Doc or something like that, and a bunch of us played it. And it was really kind of fun. So I am going to assume that perhaps the solo self found thing is, you know, that's coming in the new season for Diablo three. Probably bounced off of the fact that a lot of people are playing solo. And I mean, maybe maybe Leviathan was the impetus for this getting started. Maybe not. Who knows? I don't know how long it takes for them uh, developers to figure out what they want to do with stuff. But um, I just kind of feel like that's, you know, that's kind of honoring what he was trying to do. And now it's in the game. And I think that's awesome. I don't know if I'm right about that or not, but it just feels like the right thing, you know. So season 29 is called Visions of Anemity. The nefarious machinations of the burning hells have permeated every corner of sanctuary, warping reality in the process. This disturbance has given way to visions of enmity, pocket dimensions that are accessed by stepping through diabolical fissures. And those are those like orange colored uh, portal point things. Not a portal. Well, yeah, it's a, it's a portal. It's not a waypoint but anyway nephilim level one or higher have a chance at encountering a diabolical fissure by slaying demons in the open world should your smiting of hell spawn trigger a fissure press onward and into a vision of enmity en en enmity this is a really hard word what horrors await on the other side are unknown but these instances are rich in rewards the visions you are quite unstable and have the potential to produce additional fissures after enemies are dispatched inside keep an eye out for these opportunities to max Maximize your chance of earning useful gear. There are new monster apexes coming. Doesn't say a lot about them, uh, other than that uh, inside the visions they are more lethal than before. There is a paragon ceiling 
Um, they in, we are introducing changes to Paragon points to work in tandem with Solo Self Found and the Season 29 theme. You can only assign a total of 800 Paragon points to your character. Previously, you were only able to assign a total of 50 Paragon points to each attribute within the core, defense, offense, and utility categories, but now you can assign up to 200 in each attribute. Each category can only have 200 Paragon points placed into them. This change is exclusive to Season 29. It's not going to keep going. There's a developer's note. We understand that Paragon was king in terms of character power. With the change this season, we wanted to shift that power from main stat grinding to gameplay knowledge and gear hunting. We chose 800 as our initial starting point and would appreciate your feedback on this cap. There are a few changes within the Paragon system to keep in mind. One, movement speed. We changed movement speed to a 0.125% per point because the old value would have provided players with 100% movement speed, which was too much. Players now have the option to place points into this stat, allowing them to surpass 25% movement speed from item bonuses. Area damage is the other one. Area damage should perform the same, if not a bit better, and with substantial improvements to challenges. There's also community-led challenges going on for different classes and stuff. Uh, class balance changes. Um, the Demon Hunter had one. Uh, we wanted Gears of Dreadlands to be easier to play optimally. However, we had to forego the visual indicator that showed stacks. There's one for the Witch Doctor. There's bug fixes. It's Here's how to get into the PTR, do a character copy, and all of that kind of stuff if that's something you want to do. I know that the PTR is live now, so if that's your thing, rock on. I'll probably get in and just play solo, <laughs> you know, at some point. On Max Roll, Facefoot has uh, an article here called Diablo 3 Season 29 Patch 2.7.6 PTR starts August 15th. He posted this on August 11th, and there's a bunch of details in here if you want to see more. In general, everybody at Max Roll does an excellent job explaining, like, here's what's changed, here's what we like, here's what we think could be better, you know, this kind of stuff. Um, he's also got some tips for the PTR, which is pretty good. You know, um, all of these guys know what they're doing, all of them. And that's why I bring them into the show so often with their work. It's also talking about the visions of Enmity Season 29 and all this other good stuff. So I highly recommend just go there and read what Facebook wrote. Because Facefoot, Facebook, my God, sorry about that. Uh, Facefoot wrote and um, it's a lot more detailed than the post that the blizzard made basically and i think it's i think it's good uh there's an article here from ign by someone named wesley yin pool titled diablo 3 gets wonderful send-off with mode players have requested for years as blizzard moves on to diablo 4 so wesley wrote this blizzard has revealed what's coming to diablo 3 with season 29 the last season to add new content to the 11 year old action role-playing game the headline is the addition of a solo self-found mode which fans had called on blizzard to add to the game for years i think i'm kind of overlapping here um and let's see there's more to season 29 there are the visions of enmity pocket dimensions thing i don't think this actually is telling me much but um, there's a little bit in here that doesn't overlap. While Diablo 3 fans had been unanimous in their excitement for Season 29 and have praised Blizzard for supporting the game for over a decade, Diablo 4 fans are hoping for a PTR system of their own to help avoid the release of disastrous patches, a solo self-found mode, as well as leaderboards. So that's valid. And then there is this rather long video, about a half hour long, from Mudijo. 
And he called it, quote, Diablo 4 is bad, end quote, is the new meta, what the game needs. And I watched this, and it's like half an hour long or so. And he's got many, many, many valid points about um, what's working, what's not, what could be changed, why some people are burned out, what things would make players happy again. Talked a bit about season one and it being, uh, I'm going to paraphrase as like um, sort of not what players wanted exactly. And the hearts apparently are, are strange. And a lot of, I don't know if he said this or if I read this somewhere else, but there are people that do not want to make a seasonal character because they just don't want to make a new character. Some people haven't finished enough of the storyline to get in there. And I'll talk about that in a minute when we get to a little bit more Diablo 4 stuff in here. But um, so there's that. And Mike Ybarra, who is president of Blizzard Entertainment, responded to the video that Wudiju posted on X and said, thanks for this video, Wudijo. Many members of the team reviewed this and other feedback from players and will work hard to address the player feedback as we go forward as quickly as we can and toss in a few surprises along the way. We greatly appreciate you taking the time to make this. It's odd that, you know, not common that gaming companies go, oh yeah, you're right, you know. Wowhead has, uh, well, we're getting into the season now. So before we do that, I want to give a shout out to Radimus, who is part of the Shattered Soulstone server uh, discord. And the other day I was like, I got stuck at the brawl fight. I think most of you know what that is, hopefully, because I'm always way behind in games, right? And I just couldn't make it work no matter what I was doing. I changed skills. I changed you know, which rogue I was using and all this stuff, and I couldn't do it. So I talked about it a bit in Shattered Soulstone's Discord, and then later, now I tend to play really early in the morning or really late at night, depending on your time zone, I suppose, and I went, hey, is there anyone out there that can help me get through the brawl fight? And that was all I was looking for, honestly, because I was so frustrated with not being able to complete it. And Radimus was there, and uh, long story short, we eventually did get to play together and get through that, uh, part of the storyline as well as some other stuff. But getting there was torturous because I am playing on an Xbox and he is playing on a PC and um, we had all kinds of trouble connecting. And it's confusing as hell to me because my Xbox has my Battle.net information. It should have known. Oh, Battle.net, okay. But I had to go into Battle.net. Like I had to like, you know, stop playing the game you know, stand somewhere safe and stop playing the game and then go find out if Xbox actually still had that. How to add a player on Xbox that isn't on Xbox at this moment is playing on a PC. And just went back and forth and back and forth with that trying to go. And I went through, I don't know how many, like, helpful, quote, helpful articles with Xbox to say, oh, here's how you add your friend. And it just wasn't working at all. And when we finally got into the game, I think I was standing in Kiovashad by the waypoint. And he couldn't see me, and I couldn't see him. And I'm like, this is just not workable. Like, there was supposed to be cross-play, right? So if you're playing on a PC and your friend's playing on an Xbox, or I presume a PlayStation, um, you could just get together and play. And that is not true. That is absolutely not true. Let me, you know, just dispel the notion that this is something easy to do. It's not at all. Uh, but we did finally get there. He has He was playing a barbarian that was somewhere in the level 50s higher than me and I was starting with a, a rogue that I specifically picked up to try to just focus on storyline because I certainly didn't do that with my other rogue but that rogue was closer to his level so I went and got that one and we completed the brawl fight together and went on through most if not all of the remaining acts in um, act 3 that was just 
so much fun and I didn't record it because I just kind of wanted to focus on playing with you know someone from Soulstone right that's on the discord and is a cool person so shout out to Radimus for helping me with all that stuff because there is no way I could possibly have done that on my own and I really appreciate that we did get together and and do this even though I think he'd done the content before it worked really well and I got to the part of the game where you could get a mount which I've been trying to get for a long time because if you do not have a mount, and some of you may know this and some of you may have already got the mount like early on, if you do not have a mount and you need to go from one place to another, and let's say you're in Kiovashad and you've already got the waypoint there, but you now you need to go to Kedbardu and you're not sure how to do it, you gotta run there and get overrun by monsters all the way through and have all your gear break and it gets frustrating. So I finally have a horse and I've been told that uh, from things I've read from Blizzard and from like Wowhead and things like that, that if you are riding a horse, through the streets of Sanctuary, most of the monsters are afraid of the horse and will go away. So you don't have to like break your gear all the time, which is, you know, a thing. And I, I just really wanted to talk about that here. And I think this is probably the good point in the, in this episode to, to, uh, you know, mention that, that, you know, oh yeah, there's crossplay. You can play with your friends who are on different things. No, you can't. It's a whole lot of like, is it this interface? Uh, do I need to go through the battle net on my computer? Because I have that because, I mean, I was playing Diablo 3 on it. You know, it's there. And then try to, like, you know, I had his uh, gamer hashtag and all that and put it in. And um, it just took forever to even get in the game together. But once I switched to my rogue that was closer to his level, then we could play and we could see each other. So that's, um, I just want to let everybody know, crossplay is not just, boop, we're ready to go. It's not at all. Not if you're playing on an Xbox, it seems. So it was, it was a fight to get there. And then we actually got to play. This is the kind of thing, though, that I think was not explained well by Blizzard. That, yeah, there's crossplay, but they didn't really go into how to make that work. And I think they should have been more clear about that at first, because then you'd have lots of people playing in groups and stuff um, that are on different systems. And I know it's got to be easy to play Diablo 4 on your PC, uh, because it's kind of meant for that. Um, although Wudiju did say that there was like things in, in that that wasn't very good and should be fixed on PCs, I suppose. But like... If you really, really, really want to play with people that you know and that are in, you know, say the Discord that you're in and that kind of stuff, just, you know, if you're not both playing on a PC, you're going to struggle to get together because that's what happened. And, like, I'm usually pretty good at, like, troubleshooting these things and it took, like, I don't know how many hours or it felt like hours at the time. I didn't really time it um, to get this to work and then I finally got it. And I'm so glad that Radimus was there because I don't know what I would have done without him, honestly. So shout out to Radimus for being really cool and helping me throughout like the rest of act four. Um, and now I'll get back to the stuff that I stuck in here <laughs> for this show. So this is about the season journey and it is from Wowhead written by, uh, Jez Artros and it's titled Earn Cormans and Friend Titles by Completing Diablo 4 Season Journey, which I don't know if I can get into the season yet, but I certainly have a horse, so we'll see how this goes. Um, but the reward for doing all the challenges in the season, the season one, is Cormans and Friend, and they are player titles, and you can put those together, and that would be your title. Some players collect achievements, some collect mounts, and some collect titles, and there is an elusive title combination available for players who fully complete the season of the Malignant Season Journey. 
Uh, players looking for a true challenge can cut their teeth on completing every season journey objective to earn the title Cormans and Friend. Don't be fooled, though. This is a lot tougher than it sounds. While early chapters of the season journey contain easy-to-complete objectives, such as complete a dungeon and conquer five strongholds, later chapters in the journey prove quite a challenge, with everything from PvP objectives to defeating Uber Lilith. How far in the season journey are you? Me? Not at all. Haven't gotten there yet. Um, but Wowhead wants to know, do you think you'll have enough time to complete the journey before the end of the season? Let us know in the comments. I don't really know exactly how that went, but I thought it was interesting. There's also this really interesting thing, speaking of mounts, which I finally got one. Uh, someone on our Diablo 4 named CyberZG has put together what is called the Ultimate Mount Armor Post, comma, updated as confirmed, okay? So there's everything you could possibly want to know about with mounts, and so it starts with there's a mount collector's post, there's a trophy post um, that you can go to look at for that, but there's like... Uh, there's a, an Ashava barding, a chance to drop from Ashava the Pestilent World boss, and just all this stuff, uh, where it drops, where to find it, what you need uh, if you get this one. And he's slowly been writing confirmed for all of these after he confirms them. You know, there's a couple that are currently unknown in here that no one really knows how to get that one. There's one called Lorath's barding, but we don't know what that is or where to get it or how, according to this. And then there's there's just so many of these things. And then there's zone-specific mount armors where you can go to different zones. And there's a chance that you'll get a chance to drop from all monsters and loot chests in different areas of the game. Um, and that would be Hazawar, Kedjistan, The Step, Skaz Glen, Pale Barding, and Pale Tack are in there. And... Um, yeah, there's, there's a whole bunch of things like this. So I think now that I have a horse, maybe I'll go look for other stuff um, if I care. Maybe I'll do more of the season journey. I don't know. It depends on how tired I am, I guess, is what it comes down to. Blizzard posted about Season of Blood is dripping into Sanctuary. Haven't even gotten a season one yet, y'all. And here we are. It's going to show up on October 17, which I'm going to guess is probably when the first season ends. So like, maybe I'll try to get in there just to see, you know. So here's the description. A fanged threat emerges from the shadows in our second season, Wanderer. It, at Gamescom opening night live, the Diablo 4 development team announced Season of Blood will begin on October 17. At the behest of their Dark Master, a newly turned army of ravenous vampires have set their sights on Sanctuary. The Master's sinister plot remains a shrouded mystery, but their pursuit for the blood of innocence has caused an uproar. You must learn to hunt the hunter. Your fate depends on it. Season of Blood will introduce a new quest line for you to uncover vampiric powers to wield against their originators, five additional end game bosses with the ability to target specific unique and uber unique items as a drop and more. Additionally, we will introduce some community-requested quality-of-life updates with the Season of Blood, more efficient inventory management for gems, hell yeah, minor cluttering up my stash, uh, Paragon points, skill points, potion charges, and obel capacity upgrades will now carry over into a new season once achieved with an eternal or previous seasonal realm character. Changes to the functionality of status effects such as vulnerable overpower, critical strike damage, and also elemental resistances. The updates in the above bullet points and the ability to ta target specific unique and ultra unique items as a drop will be available in both seasonal and internal realms. Then there's a trailer, which I've watched. It's pretty good. It's got uh, 
a character named Eris, E-R-Y-S, who is a vampire hunter who stalks these blood leeches throughout Sanctuary. It is voiced by actress and producer Gemma Chan. And there's a video in there if you want to watch that. Again, everything will be in the show notes on ShatteredSoulStone.com. And this is just a little bit about what this season is going to be like. We also have um, by Dreadscythe, who is also part of Maxwell and does amazing things and is almost always very careful and very right. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen him screw stuff up, right? So Dreadscythe has a post from August 22nd titled Diablo 4 Season 2 Preview Season of Blood from Gamescom 2023. And the video is in here as well if you want to just go right to Maxwell and to Dreadscythe's uh, writings. Um, the only thing I'm a little weirded out by this uh, season is the main character is named Eris, which is also the same name of a current COVID-19 flavor of the month, year, whatever. So that's that kind of threw me off at first. It's spelled differently. So there's a bunch of stuff in here that he's talked about, and there are season one up updates still coming. They're going to do some more of those as well. So there's uh, this is a good site to look at if you want to know about all of that. Then we have... The uh, From Wowhead, written by Jen Artraz, if I'm pronouncing that right. There are new Diablo 4 Funko Pops, y'all. There are pre-order available. There's a very big close-up on the Lilith one right on this character's face. So here's the ones that you have now. Um, so there's a Lilith one. There is one that's just called Druid, and it is a bearded figure with uh, antlers. There is a treasure goblin one, which I don't want. I can't even catch the treasure goblins in game, guys. No way. But then there's a scenarius one, which is kind of glowy looking. It's got some gold around his head and all this stuff. And, you know, I've got the Tyrael one and I've got the Diablo one. I'm like, you know, I think I kind of want that one, <laughs> you know? Um, I'm not really a fan of Lilith, honestly, you know? She's daughter of hatred. I mean, she's not going to be nice, right? And uh, I think Anarius meant well when making Sanctuary and then realized it was a bad idea and well, and if any of you that know the lore know exactly how that went down, but I think the the Inaris one is kind of shiny and I kind of like that, so that's pretty cool. Um, I'm not sure where do you get them from. It looks like um, the Lilith one comes in a special super Funko Pop figure measuring at almost 7 inches tall, towering over the rest as befits the Mother of Sanctuary. The other ones, uh, pre-orders for these new pops are available as of August 23rd with a full release schedule for October 2023. Maybe I'm going to pre-order that, you know, it just sounds like a fun thing to do. And then Icy Veins is going to round out the show. Blizzard President confirms less wait time between Diablo games. Well, what does he mean? Mike uh, Abara, president of Blizzard, stated on Twitter that Diablo 5 won't spend a decade in development as the previous Diablo titles did. So here's someone named Ryan McCaffrey that asked, that said this on X, I guess we're calling it X. I don't know. I finally rolled credits on the Diablo 4 campaign last night. Yeah, I know. I was level 51. Glad I eventually stopped trying to do every side quest and finally mainlined the campaign because I'd have been doing side quests forever. LOL. This is my favorite Diablo campaign. It goes on from there, but it's cut off. And Mike Ubarra responds, thanks, and, and tags this guy. We're glad you liked it, and going forward, you won't have to wait so long between titles. We'll have a lot more coming to Diablo 4 and beyond. Staff wrote this on uh, Icy Veins, and part of this says, uh, perhaps the acquisition of Activision Blizzard by Microsoft will also have a positive impact on the development and may speed things up a notch. And that's really all I have for you. Um, you know, sorry about missing a week, but we were too sick, and I, we were both coughing a lot, and nobody wants to hear that in a podcast, right? So this is where I'm going to end the show. 
And um, here's where you can uh, find our Discord and all of that. So you've been listening to episode 424 of the Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. Missed an episode? You can find the show blog and listen to the show archives at www.shatteredsoulstone.com. You can come join us in game. It's probably going to be difficult if you're trying to connect with me on an Xbox and you're on a PC, though. I have learned this the hard way. Our in-game community and clan, both named Shattered Soulstone, are open to anyone who would like to join. You can also join us on Discord for the ultimate team and community-based experience. Find the Discord invitation link on our Twitter at Shattered Stone. I guess it's on X now. As well as the Shattered Soulstone website. Thank you for listening. <laughs>